Welcome to the Pest Management Podcast. We talk with innovators and leaders in the industry and beyond about anything related to the business of dealing with pests. My name is Nicole Szczynski Singh, and I'm the Managing Director of Kill and Pest in Singapore. We're so excited to have you tune in to the first industry-focused podcast in Asia. Let's talk Bugsy Business. In our very first episode, which comes not too long after International Women's Day, we explore the role of women in the pest management industry. As a woman in this industry, there is no one that I look up to more than my good friend, Jolene Tay. She is an entomologist, and I quote, who makes things happen. She is a legend in this industry, not just in Singapore, but internationally. Jolene is the Director of Strategy and Business Development in Dynamic Sanito, Japan, and is also an Associate Lecturer at Republic Polytechnic, Singapore. As though she isn't doing enough professionally, Jolene is also an athlete who competes and wins biathlons, swimathons, and CrossFit. So, Jolene, it's great to have you on this podcast. Could you share some of your experiences, both as being on the supply side of the industry as well as currently on the provider side of the services? Hi, Nico. Thanks for having me online today. I'm very, very honored to be part of your podcast. So, yes, my name is Jolene, and um, uh, yes, I'm entomologist by profession. I've already been in the industry since 2009, so that's close to 13 years by now. Um, when I first joined the industry, I actually started out in a pest management services company uh, as a technical and operational role. So I would go around, tag along with technicians to attend to sites, attend to customers, and to provide pest management services of different varieties. And then couple of years later, I've moved on um, a little bit higher on the value chain uh, as a supplier of pesticides. So this is where I interact with the industry in a different manner. So I provide technical support to pest management companies who purchase our pesticides. And that's where I guide them and give them technical supports on how to use our products in a safe and responsible manner. Thanks, Jolene. I think we should start looking at some of the misconceptions of our industry. One of them being that it's a dirty industry, very low barriers to enter. It is a pretty new industry, and it is very much science-based, right? That's why we have people actually studying entomology as a science, um, suppliers developing new pesticides to address all these concerns with the pest management industry, the importance was also really highlighted during COVID. Um, do you want to share maybe a little bit about what companies did, what pest control companies did during COVID? Oh, that's legal. So yes, I agree with you. Uh, pest management industry is has a has been ridden with a lot of misconceptions, especially at this part of the world, Asia. Uh, we have seen a lot more development when it comes to perception in, in different parts of the world. But in Asia, it's still, it's, uh, there's still a lot of uh, room for improvement when it comes to how public perceive the value of that pest management industry can bring. So I agree with you that during the pandemic, such role is become more pertinent than ever because uh, during the pandemic, the, the whole world shuts down and 
and all services has been narrowed down to specifically essential service. And I'm glad that uh, pest management services are considered as essential services. Like what you said, without pest management uh, services, uh, we would be surrounded by uh, disease carriers such as rodents and cockroaches and especially mosquitoes. So um, closer to home in Singapore, during the pandemic, one of the one of the most prominent um, concern that we had that that was the uh, year when dengue was the highest as well. In fact, uh, in year twenty twenty alone, we had more deaths from dengue fever compared to COVID nineteen. So, so this has put a spotlight on pest management industry to step up to step up and shine during this difficult moment to look out for mosquito breeding site and to clamp down on mosquito activities. So that's that's uh, my answer to your earlier question. That was really a crazy statistic for 2020 that in Singapore, more people passed away from dengue rather than COVID when you know the rest of the world were experiencing so many COVID-related deaths. We, we were pretty, we were fortunate in Singapore. So I guess, you know, like, obviously the pest management industry faces misconceptions, but being a woman in this industry, I think there's another layer of challenges that we face. Would you like to share some of the challenges that maybe you've experienced or that, you know, other women have experienced in the industry? Yeah, certainly, Nicole. So um, as, as we discussed earlier, there's a lot of misconception, right? So uh, I do agree, when it comes to female role in this industry, there is an additional layer or rather an additional glass ceiling that women have to overcome uh, to be able to flourish in this industry. Um, especially in Asia, pest management industry is still dominated by, uh, by a patriarchal level, meaning that older men tend to tend to dominate the industry. So it's very hard for women to find their ground in various roles, especially when it comes to operational, technical, and leadership roles. So this is this is uh, this is the current challenges that I have observed and even experienced myself when I was starting out in this industry at a very young age, Nicole. I I know exactly how you feel, how you felt, because I've experienced the same. When I initially started out in Killam, I was following my technicians as well to basically, you know, understand what they do, because there's no point in me doing operations or marketing or, you know, being involved if I don't even know what the pest control services are all about. So, you know, when I was following my technicians, there was not a single place that we went to that people didn't look at me with some level of surprise or curiosity to ask, what, what am I doing in this industry? I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these gender bias, why do you think that we have these gender bias um, towards towards women in the industry? I think I can answer that question. So I do, uh, so I, I, I can empathize with you actually. So when I was starting out, uh, I do have this um, um, awkward uh, stares and interaction with people on the site uh, regarding my presence in the job. 
side. Uh, so the most common questions thrown by uh, the local people, I mean, uh, something goes along like, oh, what's a young thing like you doing in a place like this? And I think it boils down to how people perceive pest management job in the first place. It always been viewed as something that is dirty, disgusting, and something that, uh, something like no fine young lady should be involved in. So that's, that's, that's one of the misconception number one when it comes to females' role on the technical and operational part of pest control industry. And secondly, I think it's also the reason why there's another misconception of, of another angle is because when this industry presents such stereotype, it actually draws less women to be part of the industry. And therefore, the less women you see in the industry, the more likely you're going to raise interest or or curiosity from layperson when they actually see a woman going around performing pest management works. So I think this is commonly the type of manifestation of the misconception that you and I are talking about, Nicole. It's it feel, it almost feels like it's a vicious cycle. Women don't enter the industry because they think it's not female friendly. So the industry does not very much to make it more female friendly and it's just one big vicious cycle i agree and i i'm sure um i'm sure we can learn from different countries around the world how they make uh this industry uh, a little bit more acceptable for female presence in the industry to play their role in and i'm sure we can discuss uh, what kind of steps that people or employers can do to encourage women to be part of it it's very interesting to highlight how different parts of the world view not just pest management, but women within pest management, especially those that take up the role of service technicians. Because as, we, as we've mentioned here in Singapore and in Asia, you don't see very many women on the field. However, in North America, in Europe, in Australia, it's a lot more prevalent. You know, and when when a woman comes to a clients or a customer's workplace or home, they're not as taken aback. And I think one of the things as well that probably the industry should really focus on is to leverage soft skills that women have. Often they come across as more nurturing, perhaps even more trustworthy when dealing with customers. They could perhaps have better communication, relationship building skills. So mm -hmm. I think I'm sure that you know you know that in pest management it's very much about relationship building as well. I agree. Yes, yes. Um, so you're right to mention about some of the soft skills that women can bring to the table, even though they play an equal role as a operational or technical person in pest management. I'll give one example. Like, so people always say that um pest management job is always uh preferably a male-dominant role. Is that, I mean, that's what we always hear. But we also, we tend to forget that women can also complement with men in terms of different skill set they can bring to the table. Maybe um, the women can bring in, like you say, a more nurturing uh, and a more a more gentle approach when it comes to liaising with customers, but also when it comes to, the in, when it comes to their strategy in their pest management, which can complement with a more assertive or more dynamic approach that tend to be taken by the male counterpart 
of pest management work. So this is my take when it comes to how women and men can both bring to the same table a different skill set that can bring forth much wholesome results to the industry. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, like one of the one of the challenges that or one of the barriers for women to enter is whether and, and you've touched on this, whether pest management can be done by women, because people think that it's physically demanding, especially when dealing with certain pieces of equipment. Others also think that it's long hours, weekends involved, you have to be on standby, you have to do night jobs. Do you think do you think that this is something that the physical aspect is something that would hinder women from joining the industry? Mm, that's a very good question you raised there, Nicole. Um, I, for one, uh, believe that women and men, uh, in terms of physical capability, I think they are both equal. Like for myself as a woman, I can carry the same amount of weight as a man can if Ch I want Charlie, to. I'm going to interrupt you there. You're a semi-pro athlete. <laughs> you train, you train a lot, and you're like physically very, very fit. But, but looking, I, I, I thank you for the observation on the personal note. But, uh, but when it comes to the bigger picture, right? Um, actually, women, if they want to, they can. They can carry out the physical task just as much as the male counterpart can do. Um, the only differences that is, is that a lot of people thought that women uh, that women should stay at home and take care of family, and therefore any job that involves too many hours or back breaking labor, naturally people would think that this job is not suitable for women. But thankfully, we are now in the era where parenthood and family family building has become an equal role. Both fathers and mothers can play equal role in that. So gone were the days where people think that women's, women's role is to spend more time at home than at work. So when it comes to re work requirement for long hours and uh, long hours or physical demanding, I think, I think that ground has been leveled, tends to the current progressive mindset of many countries or employers who has already recognized that if women can do that and they're able to do that, they should be allowed to do those. So it all depends on the employers actually and how they structure how they structure this um this this type of uh working lifestyle to accommodate both male and female pest management operational and technical experts. We'll touch on how um, the industry can encourage more women to join in a little moment. But I think there is a comment that I would like to make. So I recently attended this workshop, um, this initiative by Google. It's called I Am Remarkable. And it's the purpose of this workshop is to empower underrepresented groups so that women are able to self-promote better or share their accomplishments. And even though underrepresented groups involved can be anything based on race, religion, sexual orientation, gender, and even the, you know, what language people speak or what accent they have. However, during this workshop, the facilitator did mention that most of the people that attend these workshops are women. So 
I guess my comment or my thought is that there is also a confidence element and men, gen and this is without going into anything controversial, men are generally more confident than women. And I think especially when they do, when they're in such a male dominated industry, if you have a male technician, people are less likely to question their experience or their knowledge compared to if you have a female technician who needs to work a lot harder in order to come across as experienced and confident. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, Nicole, I think that is unfortunately true uh, because earlier on when I mentioned about the glass ceiling, this is the glass ceiling that I uh, that I referred to earlier, is that women has to do a lot more to prove that they are actually just as competent as their male counterpart when they go up and about to perform this uh, pest management works, even though they could have the same competency level, but because the perception of a uh, customer or the general public to their works, they have to spend more effort. Uh, they have to uh, put more initiative in communicating their worth and their value before their work can be recognized. Uh, this is unfortunate, but I'm I'm having positive mindset that with more awareness coming forth in knowing that there's there's little bit and little bit more and more women playing this role, that perception would have been normalized and women no longer have to come have to spend more time communicate their value and their worth just to make sure their work gets recognized. It takes both ways actually, to be honest. It's not just from the women technician themselves, but mm -hmm. also from the other party. So I think all parties have a role to play when it comes to recognizing that female technicians are just as good as male technicians. I mean, you're the perfect example, right? You're an entomologist in this industry and you know you're so well respected. And it's just it's just wonderful to see. Uh, thank you, Nico, for that. I would say that uh, where I am right now, uh, while while I encounter a lot of difficulties to reach the level I am right now, but I would definitely say that it is thanks to my previous employers and my previous co-workers who have allowed uh, who have allowed some level of empowerment in my work that helps me to gain confidence and to communicate my competency better to the general public. So that's why that's why that's why I believe that it takes it takes a village to raise a confident woman in <laughs> this role. No, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know, I I was just thinking a friend was recently sharing with me that she she's based in the UK and she had a mouse problem in her flat and a male pest control technician had come over several times, but the the mouse problem kept reoccurring. And she engaged um, a larger pest control company who sent a female technician down to her flat. The female technician spent several hours there, but she did such a great job. My friend was so satisfied with the service so I think it's really, it's really encouraging to see that, you know, it depends on your quality of work, not your gender. I agree. I agree with that. So having said that, it doesn't mean that women does a better job, but I'm very happy to hear your example about your friend in UK, um, that 
that shows that uh, even women can perform just as good, if not better than a male counterpart. And I'm glad that your friend has finally <laughs> managed to solve her nice situation. Because ultimately, no matter what gender we play, public health and elimination of disease risk is the industry's top priority. So that's why inclusion of more female roles is going to help the industry even better. There is the very common stereotype that women are afraid of pests. So, you know, <laughs> if you see cartoons, comics, it's always a woman that jumps on a chair, starts screaming if she sees a mouse or, you know, a girl, a little girl running away if there's a cockroach. You don't have, it's never a man, right? Like it's always, <laughs> it's always a woman that's allegedly afraid of pests. I'll be honest with you. In my work, I have encountered just as much number of men who scream at the sight of this past compared to women. Trust me on that. Um, I I, I guess this uh these are the Tom and Jerry era kind of cartoons we are talking about. And, and now that you mention it, I'm quite happy that you know, for example, like the latest, some of the more recent Disney cartoons, like for example, the Frog Prince. That was one fine example of a woman who's not afraid of frogs. That's why I like about some movements that's going around in this era that's trying to show that, you know, women are not CC, women are not uh, scaredy cats who are afraid of mm -hmm. things like bugs and all that. So I'm glad that this change has started and I'm hoping to see this change evolve even more. So I, w I wonder now if, if, you know, like women are no longer afraid of or some women at least are no longer afraid of frogs i wonder what future fairy tales will involve the girl kissing what that then turns into a prince or yeah that's <laughs> i mean it's gonna be funny <laughs> i mean we already had we already had disney doing mulan brandishing yeah. live then we already have uh we already have tangle where rapunzel making her own decisions of how to save herself and then we also have encanto so i think I think I think we are starting to see more examples being developed or being shown to the world as we speak. And I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. So am I. So am I. <laughs> We're definitely moving towards a more inclusive society. Yeah, but one thing I do agree with you is that attracting talent will continue to remain as a problem for as long as this misconception continues. I think this industry is going to struggle to attract female talent, not just mm -hmm. to attract them, but also to nurture and retain them. I think this is probably a more pertinent discussion when it comes to female empowerment for pest management industry. What do you think, Nicole? Definitely, we need to look at ways that we can encourage women in the industry. There are, as employers, some of the things or maybe some of the considerations that you might have about hiring female technicians, you know, what happens if they get pregnant? Are they still going to be able to climb up a ladder? Are they going, you know, is it going to be safe for them to be around pesticides? You know, what about more mature women? You know, will they be able to handle the physical side? So I think a lot of it really depends on learning and developing and trying to accommodate all of these different groups of individuals to join the industry. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, 
uh, maybe a HR challenge would be something like what you just said. What if they become pregnant? What if they have become new mothers? So I think I think it takes it takes two ways. Uh, it takes two ways to communicate and to manage expectation. Um, ideally, if an employer wants to retain such talents in the industry, they should find ways to allow these women to continue serving for as long as they want. I, I, I think I think one of the ways we can approach this maternity area is to is to do it like how the uniform bodies do it, like the police, the firefighters and all that. When they have their female staff being pregnant, they actually they can actually be offered to a reduce reduce uh reduce labor roles like like maybe an inspection level role or even a desk duty. So these are the kind of uh, suggestions I would like to bring it out to the table right here for employers to consider if they want to retain talented women who are very good in their operational and technical roles who would like to consider motherhood. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about women from the technical, the operational side. But I guess within the within the industry, there are a lot of other roles that women could have, whether it's in sales, in customer service, in marketing, HR, and finance. So the career opportunities are not just narrowed to, you know, either you're doing pest control, either you're carrying out pest control services or you're not. Actually, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think career development is always, I, in my opinion, should be a fluid and dynamic approach because you can have the very same technical female to consider a role in sales, to consider a role in customer service, or to, to move uh, laterally to a different job functions within a pest management company to allow them to extend their breadth of competency like what you just described earlier. So it's not a linear thing. I agree with you on that. And I think this is quite important for many business owners to recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I really believe in moving people around, um, getting for people that are serious to, that are seriously considering a career in pest management. One of the most valuable ways to see whether this is a long-term option for them is to try different things is to, you know, even when we have people join our internal operations teams or the sales teams, you know, like I really encourage all of them to go on the field to see what it's all about, because that's the best way that you're going to be able to either sell a service or to communicate with a customer or even to understand what are the operational challenges. Often there is a disconnect between sales teams and operations teams. I think that can very much be avoided if people are exposed to a company and all the different functions generally. Yes, I agree with you, actually. Um, I always I always recommend individuals in an organization to always accept opportunity to experience different job functions within the organization because that, that will help them to learn and understand their co-workers' challenges or how they work so that they can work together as a team. And I, I think I like your idea when you say that you encourage different people from different functions to just go on the field or tag along with uh with other co-workers from different job functions so that they can experience and observe so that they can come up 
they can they can come up with synergetic way to work together as a team. I like that actually. It's but I I guess that also depends on it depends on managers. It depends on business owners and their their openness into investing in people. So I think you know what you mentioned about attracting talent. I I would hope that this flexibility and the availability of different opportunities would be one way to attract talent. Yeah, and I've always, uh, I always of this opinion that uh, attracting uh, entry level employees for things like sales, marketing, accounting, and customer I would say that it's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more open, a little bit more diverse because the requirement needed, um, the paper, the paper qualification needed is not critical because for as long as the individual has passion. Uh, dedication and eager to learn and hardworking, they can fit into those functions. The I think the real challenge is to find uh, new talent to recruit into technical and operation role because this would preferably require them to have some basic understanding of uh, chemicals or insect biology. What do you think, Nicole? I think definitely it's important to bring people in at entry level. But in order to attract them to come in at entry level, I think it goes back to the initial, the main misconception of our industry yeah. that it's dirty, that it's not very, not very attractive. And I think, you know, we've we've known each other for quite a number of years. And I think you've always you've heard me comment several times that we need to change mindsets and that needs to start when from kids young. are in school exactly from I, young. absolutely i absolutely agree with you yeah it's when you're a child in school and you have you talk about careers you know kids are kids often say like <laughs> oh i want to be a policeman i want to be a pilot or a scientist you never hear a kid say i want to be a pest management professional so yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's just coming from little boys so I think for girls younger girls like it's even more important to expose them that a career not just within pest management services but I think generally within environmental services that includes cleaning waste management um, air quality I, I think that's something that should be that should maybe play a larger role in the curriculum that kids that kids go through yeah, I, I actually definitely I definitely echo your sentiments on this one because when I go up and about in my daily work and I interact with when I interact with clients, I interact with site owners in my past management work, I could tell that whatever opinion or sentiments they espouse regarding female role industry, I'm pretty sure they're not gonna let their daughters or their sisters do it. That's that's one thing I've observed, which is quite sad for Asia, especially. So, in um, so in the bigger picture, there's already a huge conversation about having more female in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So, in a smaller, in a in a more in a more narrow uh, scope, we need to recruit more women specifically for pest management industry. And like you um, and a lot of, a lot of the experts have commented that if you try to recruit female talents at a tertiary education level, it will have been too late because by the time they hit tertiary education level, whatever perception they want for their future career has already been 
at least step 50%. So it's very hard to change that. And I agree with you. It has to be changed right from the young age. And uh, I'll be honest with you. There are times when I feel like my work was worth it. Because when I go about, I do have young girls telling their fathers or their their parents who happen to be my friends or my clients, they always say something like, Daddy, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to become termite jie jie. You know, <laughs> that kind of comment. And, yeah. and imagine how big my heart grows when I hear this comment. Because these little girls, they have seen an actual real-life role model in front of them doing things that is not disgusting, but something that's meaningful, something that protects their house, protects their family, protects people they love. And they like it. They are empowered. They, they 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 feel empowered by it. So they, I mean, to be honest, being called being called mosquito jie or, uh, <laughs> or or termite auntie is not exactly um professional thing, but it's very cute coming from these young girls and boys. And I think this is what we all want to establish here. We want to keep that coming because when this thing get normalized at such young age, I have I have huge optimism that that we will be able to nurture young talent from such age to eventually be part of our industry. So, Julian, there are actually two things that I would like to comment on. Firstly, you mentioned that you're absolutely right, that when it comes, you know, by the time people get to tertiary level, it's a little bit too late. However, um, I've, and, and, you know, like, obviously, you know, way more entomologists than I do, but when whenever I interview or most of the time when I interview either fresh grads or students that are still at university looking for internships and you know one of the questions that that I always ask is what made you decide to major in entomology most of the time the answers that I get are oh um I started off in biology and, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in, but I met this really great professor who inspired me to, to look, you know, to consider entomology as a, as a major. So uh, Professor Chow Yang Li is another legend in the industry, especially for what he's done within, a, uh, within Malaysia and Singapore. It's, it's great that we have him as a role model who inspired so many people and and I'm sure he was also he also inspired you at some point um, oh definitely professor Li Chang <laughs> is was my professor and mentor as well so so I do agree that he was one of the he was one of the major reasons that got me interested into this pest management industry particularly in public health and urban entomology because I, I was motivated at that time that I wanted to be part of an industry that does that, that takes care of the common good for everyone. In this case, it would have been public health and urban entomology. And that's how I ended up here. And I haven't looked back since, Nicole. It's, yeah, you've had, you've had a great ride, like in the industry. It's, yeah. Do you have any last comments or any thoughts that you would like to share with our audience so all i can say is that ladies don't be afraid to be awesome in pet management industry you come and join come and join this cohort 
and you have a good ride. That's all I want to say. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, well, Jolene, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the first episode of the first industry podcast in Asia, and I'm sure that we'll be hearing a lot more from you. So thank, thank you very much. Thank you, Nico. Likewise, it's an honor for me to be part of this show, and thank you so much for having me. I'm having a good time discussing this topic with you today. Thanks again. You can find us on all of the major podcast streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you would like to subscribe or be featured on our next podcast, please visit killam.com.sg/podcast. Thank you for tuning in today to talk Bugsy business.